0: for the reading of God's Word. Today's scripture reading is from Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly.
1: Thank you to Pastors Bruce, Travis, and Eric. It is an honor to serve you today in this way. I want you to know that we are living in some of the most opportune moments of human history. It may be fitting to consider the words of Charles Dickens in A Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I hear somebody saying to me, Danny, we need better times. You may have heard the saying of uh, the English theologian, Thomas Fuller, who wrote in 1650, it's always darkest before the dawn. Well, before the dawn, there are always moments of unexplained change, unexpected circumstances, when we feel crushed. It is in those times, in those, in those moments, where we find pockets of hidden opportunity that emerge in the midst of struggle, where God refashions us to be vessels of hope. C.S. Lewis said, pain insists on being attended to. God whispers in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Now someone might say, Easy, Danny. What world are you living in, with all these fancy sayings, these 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 nice quotations? Uh, are you living in an ultimate reality, alternate reality? Are you tone deaf? Do you not know that we are in the throes of a pandemic, in a time where? Vaccinations and anti-vaxxers have, sp- the, the the contention in families, the statistics say that one in six families today are split, where one member of the family is not talking to another. Danny, are you not aware that people are contemplating suicide, that Some have committed suicide. Don't you know that there are economic challenges, that there are sociopolitical challenges unlike we have not seen before in these unprecedented times? And that person says to me, look, you're a Christian, right? And I say, yes, I am. Come on, share more that person says to me, Danny, you're a Christian. Tell me, where is God in a time like this? Ask me, Danny, that person says. Ask me what what I want, what I hope for. So go ahead, my friend. Tell me, what is it? And they say to me, Danny, not only do I want to know where God is, I'm yearning for hope. Tell me about hope. This is what I would say. I would say, when my son Hugh was seven years old, I took him to a basketball game in Hawaii a state championship high school game. When the game was over, we were in the foyer of the arena. Hugh and his cousin were playing, running back and forth, and he tripped and fell. His head hit the edge of a jagged brick wall. And in that moment, I knew that it was serious. I grabbed onto his head and I squeezed him to my chest. I didn't even want to look. And for a split moment there, we had utter silence in the shock. Then when I looked at his head, I knew it was serious. He began to cry. We rushed him to emergency. The nurses saw the extent of his cut. They brought him right in. He was moving around so much, they had to wrap him in a papoose. And then, To isolate the cut on his head, they covered his face with a dressing. And Hugh began to scream, Daddy, 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 where are you? And I said, Son, Daddy's right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here with you. He said, But I can't see you, Dad. I grabbed his hand. I said, My boy, Can you feel me? Yes, Daddy. I can feel you. I said, I'm here. I'm going to be with you the whole time. He said, okay, okay, Daddy. Today, my friends, God is reaching out to hold your hand. Now, may I speak on the level with you? Can I be frank with you? I mean, hey, I mean, talk heart to heart. You know, the great 17th century philosopher, physicist Blaise Pascal said the the heart knows reasons that reason knows nothing about. We discover truth not only through reason, he says, but from the heart. You know why I love God? The reason I love God so much is because God does not only show himself. God is not only present. God has not only come to me in my good moments. He has not only been around when things have been good and well. God, no, no, no. God has been with me in my lowest moments. When my heart has been broken, when my body has been broken, when I have been on the, on the edge of insanity, in my deepest dark depression that never seemed to go away, God has been there with me. So I say as God reaches out to hold your hand, you are not alone. You are not alone. Your voice, dear friend, who who cries for hope joins a chorus of other voices, other voices around New England, voices around the world in this melodious echo. Hope, hope, hope. So I ask, how do we experience this This elusive thing we call hope. Jesus' birth signifies Emmanuel. God is with us. The original Hebrew, with us is God. And that's the truth on which we stand in times of unexpected change and in our yearning for hope. Mind you, I'm not talking about hoping in hope. No, no. While that might be temporary, I'm talking about hoping in a God of hope. Well, dear ones, that's pretty heavy. Isn't it? So I'm going to lighten it up a bit. On this Christmas. Advent Sunday. We're going to have our own polar express. As it were. Uh, we're going to travel through time today. Jump on a time machine. That I invite you to, 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 to come with me. on. And emblazoned on the side of this time machine. It says... God is with us. We're going to make three stops. We're going to make a stop and be privy to some encounters of a young couple committed to marriage. We will also make another stop at a famous cliff in Hawaii. Our third stop will be at a church on the edge of Boston. So, take your imaginary seatbelts. All aboard. It's 4 BC. We are in Palestine. It has been called the year... Of violence. The world in which Jesus was born was called that by Philip Jenkins, an ABC writer. King Herod the Great was at the end of his reign, and by then, scholars say he had gone insane. He was stricken by paranoia, he had made a decree and killed the slaughtering of the innocents. Two years and younger in Bethlehem he killed all the boys. He murdered one of his wives, Mary and me. He murdered her mother. He murdered two of her boys. He murdered his eldest son, Herod the Great. This is the political environment that Mary and Joseph find themselves in as we come to the text today. These exquisite words. We see a girl, Mary, she's somewhere between 12 and 16 years old. We hear about Joseph, Joseph is a young man He's not an elderly man. An elderly man would not have been able to walk 100 miles from Bethlehem to Nazareth or 400 miles from there to Egypt and back. But we don't know exactly what his age was. The Bible doesn't say. But we are amidst and witnessing a scandal. But let me pause here and direct your attention to verses 22 and 23 because this verse is the hinge verse of the entire text. In other words, if I were to ask you to put on sun, sunglasses wherein the, the tint of the lens will allow you to see everything from that tint, I would say look at it from the tint of verses 22 and 23 and there you will unlock the meaning. Of this passage. All this. All. All this. Took place. To fulfill what the Lord had spoken. By the prophet. Behold the virgin. Shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name. Emmanuel. Which means. God. Is with us. God is with us. Now this is not the first time we see this verse. We will have to go back seven centuries. Now actually Matthew is the first to refer to that verse given back seven centuries before in 734 BC when Isaiah the prophet was called upon by God to pronounce these words to King Ahaz. King Ahaz was an evil, wicked king, but he was demoralized at the time of 734 B.C. He He was stricken with fear. He had enemy armies coming against him, and God said, Isaiah, you go. You take your son and go talk to Ahaz the king and tell him this. If he puts his hope in me, not in Assyria, not in Egypt, if he puts his hope in me, in just a few years, he will see that things will have worked out. And Isaiah said, a sign will be given. A maiden, a young girl will give birth to a child. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Now it was a prophecy that was given to Ahaz. But it was a progressive prophecy that was to be fulfilled then if he responded and was to be fulfilled as Matthew pulls it together for us here. The ultimate fulfillment is here in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's where we have our text. Mary is pregnant, but not by Joseph. Can you imagine this? Her fear of shame, her fear of social ostracism, her fear of death. Imagine her confusion. Basically, her whole life is crushed. You relate with that feeling of being crushed? And at such a young age, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Question. How is God with us? What can we learn from Mary? Well, God causes and or allows things we don't understand to happen because they are purposed for a better tomorrow. What was Mary's response? We learned this from Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. Be it done to me according to your will. Her response is one of surrender in spite of change. Even though she could not foresee the full impact. Hope is in the purpose. And in the case of Mary, in the purpose, purpose that God gives. Now This extends to us as well. You say, Danny... That sounds a bit over-simplistic to me. Just submit to God. Sure, I could say that, but what does this mean? Well, you see, when we submit to God, when we give in to God, we are talking now on a relational level. This is not just sheer subservience with no interrelationality. This is as though it was not personal. You see, the more we submit in the midst of things we don't understand, there is a level of trust. You know, we hear this all the time trust God, trust God, trust God. The question is, I think, can God trust us? Can God trust you and me when things seem to go awry? Do we run from God? Do we hide from God, or do we draw near to God? Mary, in her young—I love that when 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 God, throughout the Scriptures, just touches the young, the young, the young, changes the world through the young, gives vision to the young, and you see them respond. Well, scandal. Joseph is humiliated. He's broken as a man. Now we don't hear. We, we, we don't know all that went on in, in, inside of him, but you know, men, men face insecurities, don't we? Mary was was I not enough for you? What made you, what, what made you stray? You know, we could speculate. Perhaps Joseph considered extreme measures, but we're not told. But what we do know is that somehow Joseph began to sort things out and the angel appearing, as uh, angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, the angel appearing to him helped him sort things out. So he decides, the conclusion he makes, he's going to let her down easy. He's going to protect her, be a gentleman, show compassion. Being a just man, he was unwilling to put her to shame. God works in us, dear friends. In us and through us, through our brokenness. Through our crooked, obtuse asymmetrical experiences, circumstances that develop around us. So the angel in the dream helped him clarify. Don't fear to take Mary as your wife. The child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. The virgin shall conceive. This is the fulfillment, Joseph, God with us. What happened to Mary and Joseph during these unexpected changes? Let's go deeper. In the midst of the life-shattering situation, they found purpose. There was a meaning to the difficulty they had to endure. Arthur Brooks, professor at Harvard's Business School, Harvard's Kennedy School, Says this about purpose. This purpose, this is the belief that you are alive to do something. What about significance? He says this this is the sense that your life matters. Now, this is where faith comes in. And the idea of hoping in hope is overshadowed by hoping in a God who gives hope. But there's more. And I would be remiss if I did not delve deeper into the text in case we overlook this most important point. Why was Mary and Joseph's lives changed? Who was in Mary's womb? Who was Joseph being called upon to Father, Jesus' birth. Have you thought about the change that Jesus went through? This is the the doctrine of the incarnation, where, where God takes on the form of a human being. Uh, the, uh, what, what, what Socrates and Plato would would consider the first cause or philosophers later would say the unmoved mover. In other words, Jesus, God, the second person of the Trinity who existed outside of the universe, the universe that was spoken and came to be, this vast, universe Jesus squeezes and bends tightens into a zygote that becomes an embryo that becomes a newborn consider the marvel of the bending and the twisting. Why? So that you and I can hold hands and say, God is with us. He did not consider being equal with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself, taking the form of a a servant, a slave, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world No, 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 no but that the world through him might be saved well that was quite a long stop for stop one on our time journey. How might we further experience this during Christmas? Well, buckle up again, all aboard. It's 1985. For those of you who remember, it's the year we are the world. Top the charts, Diana Ross, Lionel Richie, Bruce Springsteen, Quincy Jones, Cindy Lauper. 1985, for you, chess lovers, Gary Kasparov became the world chess champion. For you, Olympic games lovers, Michael Phelps was born. For you soccer lovers, Cristiano Ronaldo was born in that year. For those of you who love, but may not admit it here, some popular music, Bruno Mars was born that year. December 29th, 1985, a pastor of a church, in some ways similar to this, stood on the platform and did something unusual. He asked the entire congregation to to stand to their feet, to hold hands, and to pray because word had gotten out that a week before, one of the elders of the church, his son, his teenage boy, who was free climbing a famous ridge in Hawaii, had fallen. He was climbing up with his girlfriend. 300 feet above a gorgeous landscape, a breathtaking view. She apparently grabbed onto one of the roots or rocks that he had loosened. Free climb now, no ropes, no safety, nothing. She fell 20 feet below him. In his attempt to go down and rescue her, he fell headfirst 300 feet. On the way down, he hit his head on a rock at least once because... Excuse me for having to say this because it is a little bit graphic. His scalp was torn off. His skull was fractured in multiple places. His organs were smashed. By the time the rescue found him and television cameras filmed the rescue live, it was caught on camera that just as they were able to grab hold of him, he moved and fell another 100 feet. So by then they thought, well, we have to repel now to go and pick up his body. Helicopter had to come to shine light. They, they found him, to their surprise, he was still alive, barely alive. They rushed into emergency. Six hours in emergency surgery. If you came to visit at the time, you would have heard this. his mother saw him the youngest of the children she just broke down her baby he was a captain of the football team he was a prom king and here he was unrecognizable they prayed for God to heal him God intervened but the recovery Their recovery was hard. He couldn't string two words together. He had to learn to walk, talk, eat, and write. All kinds of therapies were needed. When he left, his body had over 130 stitches and he had multiple surgeries even after that. Screws in his ankle. You say, who was that elder's boy? Well, that elder's boy was me. And It was at that time in my 18th year that I said a prayer. I said, Lord, if you can make something of a broken person like me, have your way. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll, I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll be whatever you want me to be. And God sends me a brain trauma survivor to speak to you on this day, December 5th. How does God, being with us, speak to you, my friend? Here's the catch. Are you willing to receive God's encouragement by responding to him? Last stop. The stop is called lifting others up. Are you ready? December 5th, 2021. At a church near the River School. What will you do in response to this message, if we experience even a glimmer of hope through Christ, does that not compel us to share that hope with others? Emily Dickinson wrote, If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain if I can ease one life the aching or cool one pain or help one fainting robin onto its nest again I shall not live in vain the Apostle Paul put it this way first Corinthians 9 19 he said I've become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. A couple weeks ago, I had the privilege to have dinner with two professors from Yale Medical School and a dean of the Divinity School. They reminded me of Dr. Richard Seltzer, who was a Yale professor of surgery He writes this in his book, Mortal Lessons, notes on the art of surgery. He writes what this one surgeon describes. I stand beside the bed where a young woman lies. Her face post-operative, her mouth twisted, in palsy, clownish. Uh, the tiny twig of the facial nerve, the one connecting the muscles of her mouth, have been severed. It will be thus from now on. The surgeon moved with religious fervor, with every curve of her flesh, I promise you that. Nevertheless, to remove the tumor from her cheek, I had to cut the little nerve. Her husband is in the room. He stands on the opposite side of the bed. And together, they seem to dwell in the evening lamplight, isolated from me, private. Who are they? I ask myself. He and this Rye mouth I have made, who gaze at and touch each other so generously, greedily. The young woman speaks. Will my mouth always look like this? She asks. Yes, I say. It's because the little nerve was cut. She nods and is silent. But the young man smiles. I like it, he says. I think it's kind of cute. All at once, I know who he is, and I lower my gaze. You see, one is not so bold in the presence of divine love. Unmindful. He bends to kiss her crooked mouth, and I, so close, can see how he twists his own lips to accommodate to hers to show her that their kiss still works. I hold my breath and let the wonder in. I ask you today, what kind of twisting is needed in your life? To be a vessel of hope for someone this Christmas, this New Year's, are you willing to be twisted and bend? May I lead you in a prayer. Say this in your heart with me. Dear Lord, I acknowledge that you are with me. In the midst of my busy life, in the midst of my struggles, even my brokenness, you give me purpose. Use me to be a vessel of your hope in the life of someone today. Yes, today, today, tomorrow, this week. In Jesus' name, amen.